0: Called Sword Lady Podcast, where I'm Mira I talk about everything from Harry Potter to Percy Jackson, and so much more. So, today, I'm going to be doing a episode by myself. Um, this is the second episode I've done by myself. The first one was the very first episode. Do not go listen to it. It's awful. Um, but, yeah. So, that episode was that episode was kind of, it was really bad, but, um, I figured out a different way to do this, because this episode, like, while others, like, needed, like, that one, it needed to be done with guests, because y- people didn't want to hear me rambling, but this one, it's sort of like, it's in a video essay format, except it's not a video, um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's my goal, and that's why it's, I'm doing this by myself. So, basically, um, this is going to be an Avatar versus Legend of Korra episode. Um, so, this is going it's, I'm basically going to talk about of people think Legend of Korra is worse than Avatar. Why, um, is Legend of Korra worse? And uh, all that stuff. So, I'm going to be splitting it into four parts. There's going to be, this, there's going to be the characters. And by characters, I mean the protagonists. And then we're going to have the plot, and then we're going to have, and then we are going to have antagonists. Oh, I said four, I meant three. Whoops. Um, anyways, yeah, so those are our three, di- uh, three different sections. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's start the first section. Okay, so it's the very first segment, which is characters, um, or I should probably rename it to protagonists. So, the protagonists. Basically, um, what I'm gonna do is I'm going to go by each different like characters, um, in like the group. So I'm gonna start with like the main character, the avatar, and then their like love interest. Or well, going to be a bit confusing, but like you get it. I'm just gonna compare the ones that like most most contrast or whatever with each other. Like you know they they're most similar, basically, so, yeah, um, so first, we're gonna start off with Aang and Korra, okay, so, these two are both the avatars, um, and it's very interesting to see them, see how much they contrast with each other, because Aang was all about peace, he was, he was all about peace and tranquility, he didn't, he had um, morality issues, which uh, I feel like is very important. I mean, we see it a lot. We see it a lot in um, in like movies and TV shows and books. We see it a lot, but that doesn't mean it's an overused thing. Like, sure, it can sometimes become boring, but that, but of course, but that just means it's this show is very in your face about it, because there are some shows or movies or books. You get it. Um, there's, there's some stuff, and those things, and these things, they aren't as in-your-face about, about it as, like, avatars, and while it was interesting seeing how Aang was, like, looking for a way to not kill Ozai, well, that well, that's, like, really interesting, um, and I... There are also other shows that just, like, show how you don't need to be in your face about it, to just show that the character does, does, it doesn't have morality issues, but they have a moral compass, and they understand what they, and they understand, um, that, um, killing is bad, and they understand that. Um, take, for example, Shira and Shira is going to be an example a lot for this, um, so yeah, but... So, Adora, she did, she, um, so she had, over the series, she had a lot of chances to kill Catra, but she did not. And that is important, because we need to focus on that, because she did not kill Catra when she had so many chances. She Just one, just, like, quick thing with her sword, done. She could have taken care of everything, but she didn't, which is important, because she still cared about Katra. Um, not only does that add to the ship, that also adds to the fact that Adora has a mortal compass, but it's not, it's not, like, shown, it's not, well, it's not shown, like, that she has a problem with killing people, it doesn't, they don't, they don't, like, show that, um, but it's, like, you can tell, if you go back, if you watch the series, um, you can tell them that, that Adora does have a she has a moral compass, and she does have a problem with killing people, um, and everybody should have that, because, yeah, but, um, it, but, yeah, so, and there are different ways people show that they have a problem with killing people, it's either with Aang, where, you're like, verbally, like, no, I cannot kill the Fire Lord, um, or it's, like, Korra, or, um, or Odora, where you're, like, where... You don't you don't verbally say it, but you show it. You show you show it in your actions, and I feel like while seeing Aang do that was interesting, I also really like it when they don't focus on ha- on the character's morality, but it, they just do the series. But then they show through actions instead of words, and that's important. Um, so basically, uh. Okay, so basically Aang, and it also depends on how they grew up. Um Aang and Korra were both raised very differently. Um and Aang, Aang was raised by monks and he was taught like to be always be peaceful and um and like all that stuff. And then Korra, she was raised as the avatar. She was raised to be able to take a punch and throw punches she that was how she was taught morality wasn't a thing that her trainers focused on they didn't focus on that and because of that she because of that she didn't become a heartless person it's just that she did not have that issue in everyday life she did not have the issue because she already knew yes killing is wrong but she didn't have to be like but I have to kill this fish, But also, she didn't have to do that, like, Aang, and I, I feel like that is, that's why, um, that we could also go, I'm not going to go into depth about, um, their, about their upbringings, because, um, because we don't have time for that, but, um, I just want to point out, that's one thing that, uh, chorus trainers got right, and it's one thing that the monks should, like, uh, being kind and uh, being peaceful like that, that is important. But focusing on that and making it your entire culture, that can cause issues in the future. Especially if one of the people in your culture will turn out to be the, the Avatar. So, yeah. But anyways. um, Also, it's very important to focus on their characters. So, yeah. um, Aang, Aang is it's very important to think about how Aang has a very like smooth balance between the avatar and um being and being a child because on one hand he has to be the avatar he has to be serious that that's important and he this responsibility was thrust upon him but he's handling it very very well but on the other hand he's 12 years old um, so and so of course he still has to be able to be a kid and he balances that so so perfectly, and it's yeah, it's wonderful. Um, and then Korra, and I feel like where I feel like where um, I feel like Korra is kind of like the adult version of Avatar, and uh, it's uh, for not adult, but like a bit more grown up because the well, the characters are aged up slightly um but it it's also I also just want to recognize that um because that that actually adds a lot because now they're sixteen and and if you think about it, sixteen is not a lot you're still a, you're still children, but they have but what I think is important is that they have jobs they have lives they have like like actual paying jobs they live in apartments and stuff and it that bothers me because they are children they are sixteen. So, maybe, I don't know if they aged a couple, if they aged, um, throughout the series. If so, then that would make sense, because they need jobs or whatever. But, like, it's still, like, it's concerning. Also, I just want to point out how it's very concerning that, like, that the the Avatar Universe does not have a single foster care system, an orphanage, anything. Uh, Like... For some reason, Mako and Bolin, these sixteen-year-old orphans, are playing these games and like being like basically boxers or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> um, doing all this stuff at sixteen, they when and they they have their own apartment and everything, which is like, and yeah. While that takes a lot of responsibility and maturity, which is um something. To recognize um it's still kind of concerning, also Mako, eventually like he has a job he has to like he has an office job eventually, and all that, and a bunch of different stuff and it's it's concerning and i yeah, but anyways, also um Cora's character, so I was one of those people who did not like Cora at first at first, um I grew to like her more and more, but at first, I did not like her because. So she has that sort of stereotype for um, that that one care that one friend in the um like main group who's like the like the buff one and they're usually a girl and they're usually either a girl or a boy it really depends but if they're a if they're a boy they're usually like very very stupid but if they're a girl um they usually come off as like very like mm, they. Uh, they come off, like, being, like, not trusting anybody, and be like, and all that, and that whole thing. If you have read, um, Arusha, then, uh, Bryn, Bryn is automatically who I, who I think of, who represents this best. Um, she and Cora are actually very similar, and I also did not, and, and if you have read Arusha, you probably did not like Bryn at first, either. Um, but then she grew on you, just like Cora did for me. And, um... Yeah, because they just have the personalities that, like, you kind of, like, you just don't like them. And it's like, oh, my goodness, chill, like, it's fine. And they just need to calm down, and they can sometimes be, like, really bossy. And, and that's important, and I, I, I feel like that's important to recognize. And uh, because Cora has that, except I, I feel like it's also important to recognize that this is a friend trait, Bren is one of the friends of the group. She is not the main character, and those sorts of characters with those personalities are not the main characters for the reason that Cora, it should not be the main character because if you give a main character that personality, it's it's not gonna work well because because they they're just gonna be too upfront and it's like while I love I love her her personality and how she contrasts from Ang, there's some stuff that you can only do for a side for the for the friend not for the main character. And for example, take uh, I, I said I'm going to use Shira a lot and I'm using Shira a lot. So Adora Adora um you would think that Adora falls under that, but she doesn't because she her personality, she does have that like buff sort of trait, but that's it. Her friends th- that sort of that personality is split up between all her friends. So it's even. So, she gets the whole buff thing, um, and then Frosta gets a little bit of that sort of, like, wildness and all that, and then Glimmer gets that sort of, my way, I want it to go my way, and if it doesn't go my way, I am going to be really mad, and she just, um, and it's the same reason, it's a reason, like, a lot of people hate on Glimmer, except, uh, except, um... And a lot of people hate on Glimmer for that. Except I don't think that is that's a bad thing because somebody needed to have that personality. And if it was Adora, then everyone would have hated it. Um, and it's it's that balance again. You balance. There there's a balance between the characters and like that personality and all of that. And that's important. Um, but they didn't do, didn't do that in Cora. Um, so that's why it's kind of she's kind of obnoxious, and that's why people like her less. And, but Korra is still a really nice character, but like a couple of the personality traits they could have removed. They could have, just to make her a bit more, in, a bit less in your face. And that would have been important. Okay, so we're done talking about the avatars. Next, we're going to move on to the, um, to Katara and Asami. Okay, so Katara is very, very important when it comes to story. First off, I relate to Katara a lot, um. So yeah, but um, she she's very important. She's shown she us the love interest, and she's shown us doing all. She's a very important character. She's a very powerful character, and it's it's very important to show her like that. And there's not much I have to say about her. But Asami, um, I she it's nice to show. That um, it's really nice to show that there's there are non-benders who have pow- who still have power. Like, Asami Asami can still kick as much butt as Korra can, and it's that's important. Uh, well, I mean maybe not as much, but like she's still she's still very impressive, and um, it's important. They showed that for Sokka, but also you couldn't take Sokka seriously because he was a comedic relief. So it didn't just didn't feel the same. But with Asami. It's it's important to recognize that. And it's important to really like, it's finally, you get a bender, it's like, actually, like, a non, I mean, sorry, non-bender, who's, like, very, pa- who can do a lot of impressive stuff. And that's important to recognize, because, like, for once, it's not the comedic relief, so then they're not, like, comedically, like, really bad at everything. The zombie's actually good at stuff, and it's, it's very important to recognize. I don't have much to say about them, but moving on... Sokka and Bolin. Sokka and Bolin are, like, literally, almo- they're almost the same person, except, um, Bolin is a bit more gonna, and I just, mm, I mean, both Sokka, at least, Bolin respects women. That's something. Sokka did not respect them <laughs> at first, which I did not like, but every character has their flaws, and Sokka girl outfit and Bolin, he... He sort of gained that flow. I did not like him as a movie star. I just felt like it was a bit too... It was a bit weird. Just, like, giving them... It was a bit weird splitting up the group. That was weird. I don't know why they did that. It was it was strange, and I didn't like it because we needed more um, group stuff, and we didn't get that. Um, so, um... Bolin. He, but I did not like when he became a movie star. I did not like that, and I did not. I I just mm, mm, no. Um, but other than that, Bolin was great. He he was very kind and sweet, and I liked him a lot. So, moving on. I don't have much to say about these characters. I just had a lot to say about the main characters. Um, moving on. We're gonna do uh, Toph and um. We're gonna do Toph and Mako. Toph is is really she's a very important character because she shows um she represents Earth Feding Law and and that's important. And I really I really like that and how she just represents represents it some uh well, that did not that did not I did not say it the way I wanted to. But yeah, Toph is very important. She's a very important character. She represent um she just yeah, she's Um, just the way that they portrayed her was just amazing. And then Mako. I didn't like Mako at all when I first saw him. And I thought, after I started liking Korra, I was like, okay, you know what? I didn't like Korra at first, but now I like her. Maybe that will be the same for Mako. It never happened. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I do not like Mako, He has no personality. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's literally just shown his love interest between Korra and Asami, and I I don't like it. And it's it just he's just. I feel like it could have been so much more, but he's just shown us this like. He's just he's just shown us such a character. is just there. Also, um, I just want to point out how. Lightning bending was supposed to be this like super hard skill to learn, and and then this sixteen year old is coming out here is like, and just sh- d- uses lightning bending in literally the first episode, and we don't even know we don't we don't get any exposition for how he learned this as an orphan. Azula has an excuse because she was born in the royal family; she was probably like forced to learn it. Same with Iroh, but. But this, this wasn't, but we didn't get anything from Alco, so I don't even understand. I don't understand, also, I don't understand how he, he was able to do that. Um, also, Iroh um, shows lightning bending as a form of art. And it's supposed to, and the way it is shown, it's supposed to be, it's as if, as if it's like a gift. It was only given to those people who are like, who have the dedication and have that drive. They, it's basically, it's for special people. And Iroh gets that, obviously, but Azula also gets that, because she shows the drive, she shows the determination. So she gets that lightning, that, that, she gets the lightning bending ability. Zuko, Zuko does not show that drive, that determination. He doesn't show that at first, but he learns, and then, only then does he get the, the lightning bending. So where where is mako's drive where is mako's determination i do not see that so i don't think he deserves it i don't like mako and um y- y- nobody can convince me that mako is like a, like a good well-rounded character he he's you can try <laughs> um you can email me or send me a voice message explaining why he is a well-rounded and amazing character but um so far i, I no He's not. Um, okay. So, that is... Okay, so I'm going to talk about ships now. So, I personally do... So, first I'm going to start off... Because ships sort of falls out of characters. So, I'm going to start off with that. So, Aang and Katara. I think it's cute, but the age difference kind of tips me off. I'm just like... "Eh." It, it, it feels kind of weird, I just, I, I find it kind of weird, but it, overall, it's cute, it's nice, Aang is, Ang is very loyal, Aang is dedicated, and I like it a lot, it's cute, um, So there are really no other ships I need to talk about, uh, and I'm, I'm talking about cannon ships, by the way, um, but, Korra and, um, Mako was bad, 0 out of 10, um, again, like, it was just, like, sort of that, like, sort of little crush that you get when, when, when you just see their face, but then when you actually get to know them, it's like, they have no personality, and, yeah, and just the on and off between, like, Mako with Korra and Mako with Asami, I did not like it, I feel like Mako did not deserve that much attention, like, he was, he did not deserve that much attention, he, he was, no, um, also, the fact that he just lies to her when she comes back, is like, oh, yeah, also, also, um, the fact that he just gets with like when Cora like, lost her, all her memories or whatever, and I don't know, all that, that was wonderful, I just, yeah, Marco Mako and Sami. Again, 0 out of 10, I, same, same thing, I, I just, just, no, no. Anyways. Cora and Zombie. 10 out of 10. It is amazing. P- I don't know why people say it's rushed. It spans out perfectly. These two people were hurt by Mako. Okay, so... Uh anyways, Korra and Sami. Uh sorry I had to pause it, but anyways. Uh ten out of ten, um, like I said, I don't get why people say it's rushed. It's not rushed, it spans out perfectly. And I it's, it, it like from the letters how like it's shown that Korra can only communicate with Sami and how Mako broke both of their hearts and they're able to just like cope and move on and then Get, get with each other and it's it's very nice it's very sweet and i like it a lot and i don't care what other people say about it it, it is really really cute and it's not rushed it is perfect um okay and that is it for the character segment so um yeah <laughs> time for the second segment plot okay time for the plot, uh, okay, we're gonna be going book by book, um, so yeah, first off, we're gonna start with book one of Avatar and book one of Korra, so book one of, actually, you know what, I think I might change it, because it's a bit, yeah, but anyways, book one of Avatar, uh, um, is really, really good, it sets, it, it sets off this huge series, and it's, it's really amazing, and not, not much to say about it, I mean, it, it introduces the water tribe, uh, the, both the water tribes, and it introduces all these main characters, and, um, Aang getting used to his powers, and it's nice. Now, season one of Korra, it, it shows this huge revolutionary movement, and I was really interested in. it. I was invested in it. It was like, wow, um, the non-benders are finally starting up for themselves. And this is actually, I thought it was like, I, it was definitely derived from real life, and it was very. Um, it took a much more serious tone, and which was interesting. Um, but I actually, when I when I when they started learning about like the whole like blocking. Tree blocking, I was thinking. Wait, my initiate reaction was, "Is this Ty Lee's son?" That was my initial reaction. It was not, um, unfortunately. But like, Tylee could have had a son with a wa- could have had a son with a waterpecker, I yeah, <laughs> but I feel like that is important to um just yeah, but. I just wanted to say that, but it was interesting. I was like, "Oh wow, so this is what it's going to be about." No. It was different plots for different seasons, and I did not, I, I, I did not like that. There were different villains, different plots, different. I like, I would have liked it much better if it was just like this one, one plot, one thing, it, like Avatar. There was one big main villain. And I feel like, um, I feel like, I think, I'm not positive, but I think his name is Vayu. Um, but, uh, but he was, the, he was the bad guy, and I think it was either two or three. Um, but, and, I feel like he would have made a good, main bad guy, like Ozai had. So like, it would have been interesting. But we didn't get that. And I did not like that. Um, so... Yeah, but the plot is—it's very like we have different plots for different seasons. For different seasons, and it's—it's—I didn't like it because it, it should have just stuck to one thing, but it didn't do that. And that's why people did, don't don't like it as much as Avatar because Avatar had an overarching thing, and it didn't. This segment is a lot shorter than I anticipated, so yeah. I guess we will watch the next segment. It's time for the final segment. Oh my. Mm, okay, uh. Villains. I, I don't know why I had such a hard time saying that. Anyways, um, if I sound a bit different, it's because I had to take a TikTok break. Because we need those. We need those more. Um, okay, so. Um, the last segment, villains. So, the villains of Avatar and Mr. Korra are both, uh, well, they're, they're something. <laughs> um, so, first we have, I mean, I put Zuko in the villains category, just cause, I don't know, just keeping him with his family, I guess. Um, now I think about that, that sounds kinda, uh, I, I feel like. <laughs> okay, well, Zuko. Zuko is um is who you think of when you think of He's one of the one of those people you think of when you think of villain arcs. Villain, he I mean sorry hero arcs, but he turns to a hero and it it's so interesting to watch him do that because it it's it's a full circle and it goes full circle and it's just amazing like he has one of the top tier um hero arcs and it's very interesting and I love it so yeah. But Zugo has such a com. Zuko's character is, has such complexity. It's so inter- It's very interesting to watch him over the course of all those seasons because we see him really grow and develop. Um, also, I want to imagine the Earthbenders just like going to the crowning ceremony and seeing Lee from the sh- Lee from the tea shop, and I just want. Yeah, that's all I want. That's all I want. Those bossing safety people just going there, and seeing Lee from the tea shop, um, but yeah, so, <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, Zuko. it's just, his character is so complex, and again, I mentioned the determination and the drive that he gains, and that's how he's able to do lightning, lightning bending, and a lot of, a lot of his, all, he has a lot of, um, m- He has a lot of morality issues, but for different reasons that Aang has them. Both of them have morality issues, but they're in different ways. Aang is scared of killing people, but Zuko is scared of his family. He's scared of, like, is this really, he's thinking, is this really the right thing? Is this what I want to do? And it's not. It's just because, it's because of something called unconditional love. And this is also something that happened with Catra, too. And I want to talk about it. So conditional love is bad, to say the least. Um have you ever heard the phrase unconditional love? Um, you you probably heard the phrase unconditional love, but you probably never like really dug deep to figure out what it meant. Um, and conditional love means there are conditions. There are conditions to affection. Um and love should not have conditions. It, you should while you should earn love, you you have to earn love. You shouldn't just do what somebody wants to get it. You have to do something that's universal. It's not okay. So basically, it has to be. It can't be subjective. What you do cannot be subjective. Whatever you do for one person, that to earn love should not be what should should not be different from what you have to do to another do for another person to earn love. You do have to earn love. That is true. Um, because so, somebody will not be nice to you. Well, they will not show you love unless you show them love. And that, mean, that does not mean doing stuff for them. It means, like, okay, whatever you do to one person, whatever you do for one person, you should be able to do that for the other person, and both of them should give you love. It should be for it should be universal whatever you do it should be universal and kindness is universal kindness is one of those universal things if you do it to those people then they will they should show kindness back they should show love back that is how it works it shouldn't be oh well somebody shouldn't be like uh, I want you to do um, to do this for me I want you I, w- I want you to do this for me I want you um, and you should do that, and you do that for them and then they give you love that is not how it works because then if you say you go to another person and you're like hey I'll do this for you in exchange I I want your love and support then that person might might not give you the same love and support there's a difference but yeah, so, Z- so Zuko that he's it's his story is so interesting, and yeah, um, and Zuko faces that um, because his he faces that, but he overcomes it. It's important with the help of Iroh, and yeah, Azula, on the other hand, is the other side of the coin where she got that love. She got the love that Zuko didn't. Because he they were different. They they were viewed as different. So then she got she got the love and he didn't. And and it's really interesting because this just shows that it doesn't depend on, on how you grow up. It it really just depends on the type of person you are. Zuko they both started out as children of the Fire Lord, but they both ended in completely different paths and it's so interesting to watch them grow and develop Azula turned Azula Azula had her mind messed with she Azula Azula's mind got a little fuzzy in the end and but then Zuko he grew but Azuka basically took the high road and that's important Azula, her, her character is so interesting because it, it shows so much just who they, who she is as a person, and how getting love does not automatically mean that you get, again, getting love does not mean that you deserve it, because Azula, that, that also is important, because Azula, Azula got love, she got support, but Did she deserve it? No, she did not deserve that love. Of course, that also, of course, also love shapes you into a person. So, because of the type of love that Ozai gave her, and the type of love that she did, Azula Azula got there are different types of love. Azula got a got a certain love from Ozai. She did not get that love or any love from her mom, who favored Zuko. And, uh, that, Ursa, I forgot her name, yeah, Ursa, so she did not get love from uh, Ursa, and that, that's, um, and that's important because she, because of the love that she got, that is the love she gave to others, and that is why she is who she is today, but Zuko, on the other hand, he did not get love from Ozai, he got love from Ursa, and because of that, he is where he is today. Um, also, it's important to think about favoritism, and that also definitely shaped Azula, both both Azula and Zuko, but, while, but, while, while Zuko was just, like, not appreciated, he, from what we know, he was not as much of, like, he did not, he cared a bit, but he, he still loved, he still loved Ursa, he loved her a lot. But Azula cared. She wanted love from both of them. She didn't get it. And that... That's important. Because she wanted... She didn't... Because Ursa... That's what I don't like about Ursa. Ursa was a really nice character. Except she showed favoritism. That's something you should not do. And... And... Especially when you... If you have two kids, you should not show favoritism. Because then the other kid will turn into... Azula. (laughs) Not literally, but like... You get it. Um... And, yeah, I feel like just that's really important. Um, I don't have much to say about Ozai. Um, I don't have much to say about Ozai or Iroh. because uh, they, I mean, Iroh, everybody has, like, the same thoughts about Iroh. He's amazing. And Ozai, he's just, he's a generic character. And I really like that because they didn't spend time shaping the ma- main villain. They spent time shaping the villain's minions. Um, not, not exactly many against their children, but they spent time. So that's important, and I like that a lot more than trying to shape the villain, because, um, that doesn't really... Yeah. But, um, okay, so next moving on to Kikora villains. I don't have anything to say about them. I'm just, they're just, there's too many of them. I feel like you needed to, there were too many plots, too many whatever, like, it, they, it needed to stop, and I don't, I don't like it at all, and I just, like, just stop, please don't, like, we don't need this many, we don't need this many bad guys, and they weren't, and they weren't even as, like, skillfully crafted as Zuko or Zula, we had, I mean, I forgot his name, but the waterbending dude, um, in the first season, he, he had an interesting backstory, he had a really interesting backstory, but he didn't, he had a lot of character, so I was like, oh, okay, nice, and then he died. Um, and then I was like, wait, what? So is there, like, a, was there a mastermind behind it? No, they just moved on to another character, they just moved on to another villain, and this villain, as it moved on, they had less and less character and it annoyed me because they need, the villains need character too, and that's important. But anyways, that's I feel like I finished up my rant. That's all I have to say. Um, but yeah, that's really all I have to say about my rant. But anyways, um, if you have any feedback, comments, concerns, um, on why I did this super long episode, literally analyzing two children's TV shows email me at mck__9002 at icloud.com or send me a voice message. I'll have links to both of those in the description. Um, and yeah, thanks for watching. Bye!